Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting-edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. have another wonderful guest on the podcast today. I have been wanting to get Jessica Young into your ears for many a while. Jessica is the founding director of Young Allied Health. Welcome. Hello. What do you introduce yourself as, you know, at the odd social occasion? That sounds very professional. Yes, it does. Um, It'll go downhill from here. It'll be fine. Yeah, I feel like I always downplay it. Like, oh, you know, I've got a business and, you know, I'm a speech pathologist by trade. Sometimes I'll say, oh, yeah, I'm the director of my business. Um, I think I need to start going with, I'm the founding director of, you know, Young Allied Health. There you go. Yeah. I think that's what I should go with. See how you go. Yeah, I remember um, back in the day sort of saying I'm an OT and, you know, just it there was just silence. At least as a speech pathologist, someone's got a clue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you work with LISP. That must be fun. That's right. OT. Yeah. Oh, is that, the, is that the kind of the equipment one? Go, oh, yeah. just pass me a drink. Pass me a yes. drink. Yes. There you go. Well, let me know how you go with this introduction piece because where do you spend most of your time nowadays as a speech pathologist or as a business owner? As the business owner by a long shot. So it's been funny transitioning. I'm well transitioned into that role, but for introducing myself in that way, um, that hasn't caught up. There you go. That's interesting. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I remember that bit. I just remember even avoiding introductions because the whole <laughs> thought of talking about work was often more than I could manage when I was yes. kind of um, out when I was meant to be having fun. So, alrighty. So, you're a full-time business owner. Let's start right in the middle of that. What does your week look like? Um, lots of juggling, I feel. So, depending on the week, I've got, um, I try to have Wednesdays as my flexi day but then on the other days I'm usually at the clinic and um, doing my yeah business owner roles some days um, that can be you know I feel like I still wear many hats in the business so today I've been doing lots of administration work because um, we had some team away sick then I still do clinical supervision so I'm wearing my clinical hat Mm. on um yeah, a few days a week to do that. Um, and, yeah, I don't actually have an office at the um, – I don't have my own office, my own room at the office, the clinic, for most days now. So I sort of end up um, – it's kind of nice because I get Phonetic. to sort of float where I'm needed. Mm. And then otherwise I'm, we've got this nice conference lunch area. So I sort of set up in there and take over. Um, see that would have driven me nuts yeah it's interesting because I can't um you know shut the door and not be accessible Mm. so um, but I do have a nice office set up at home as well where I do try to do a bit of work um, throughout the week because it's my uninterrupted time 
And should we just digress and talk about what your beloved did to your home office before you jumped on to Zoom right now? Because it is, it is noteworthy. So, um, because I've had a really hectic week, really hectic day, I got home and my um, amazing husband Samuel has made my um, home office just, yeah, it is, everything is perfectly tidy and I even have a candle lit and you can't see it, but I have a lovely um, glass of water with some lime and ice in it. So I'm very spoiled. Quite the keeper. Now, of recent times, Samuel has joined the business in a capacity. Yeah. Fly us into that one. So um, we realised that I was going to burn out very quickly um, if I had still continued trying to do everything. Um, And so earlier in the year, we've um, brought Sam in, in the official role as operations manager which is kind of he picks up all of the things that I tell him to do at the moment. Lights, Um, candles, tops up your water. Yes. All of the, um, a lot of maintenance stuff, which the office seems to have a lot of at the moment. Mm. Um, So navigating all of that, um, things like we want to put, there's a garden bed out front that needs repainting and resoiling. He'll be doing, that's our job. It was meant to be done this past weekend, but um, we had some things come up. So that's next weekend's job. Um, all those little things. And then as well, we are slowly um, training him up in all of the um, behind the scenes business work, like managing, um, you know, he can do some of the reconciling, the yep. hub doc and receipt management, all of those little time consuming things. Um, he's slowly getting a handle on as well. And he's doing lots of scanning. So Yay. we have many archive boxes so we now have a super fast um scanner at home and he's making his way through our archive boxes oh my gosh that is just the job that you you just wish and just pray that you don't get allocated but how good's it going to be feel when it's done Mm, we just didn't have space to store the archive boxes anymore at the office so they had to come home and if we want them gone from our home they've got to all be uploaded yeah, they're heading to the shredder, heading to the mm. shredder. Alrighty, yeah. so Samuel's joined the team of late. You've got an amazing practice manager as well. We do. So we've got Marie um, who joined our team. I actually looked this up um, yesterday because I was trying to think. So she joined our team five years ago um, just as an administration officer. And then when I first went on maternity leave in 2019 um, was yeah, we sat down and said, I need a practice manager. Mm-hmm. And she um, very gladly accepted the role. So um, it's been really fun to be able to see her position evolve as well. And of course, mm-hmm. she's been with the business for quite some time. She knows how things tick. Yeah. And then tell us about the rest of your team. You've got uh, yes. people just hanging from the rafters. Um, it feels like that. I think we have we still have managed to keep a nice like it feels like a, a really close-knit team which is yeah. really cool yeah um so we've got um four ot's which is really exciting because um we added two ot's just in the past six months so they're finally getting close to our speechy numbers so that they're not feeling so outnumbered because um, <laughs> for a while we had just the two ot's um so we've got four amazing ot's then we've got six speechies and one of them um, in that count, she's actually um, 
very part-time because she does telehealth services from Cairns because she's off studying um, another degree. Um, but, wow. yeah, we've got um, a really great clinical team and then we've got our um, Marie and Helen who also um, joined the team last year um, in administration. So very, very cool. And who are your clients? Who do you do your uh, best work with? Yes, yeah, so we only see children. Um, so we sort of go that zero to 18. Um, and then once, you know, depending on what their goals are like, as soon as they're wanting to do all of that, you know, post-school work and um, really adulty tasks, we're mm. usually referring on to a, and um, through the lifespan provider whereas we're really honed in on the kids at the moment um we have a very heavy ndis client base um but we do have a selection of um private clients as well but yes we're very weighted um, towards ndis Mm. clients and um we have a really big range of different presentations as well which is nice I do think that we, um, the clinic is quite known that we work well with children with ASD and that we work well with mealtimes, um, kids who have difficulties with feeding. So we get lots of those referrals. That's, that's one of your passion projects though, isn't it, the mealtime stuff? The mealtimes is my, my special interest yeah. topic. So um, I've always just been really fascinated by it and just what an impact it makes on the child's entire life and on the whole family unit because it can be really stressful um, Mm. when you've got a kid who won't eat Um, so yeah it's really fun because we've got a few of the team who are really passionate about doing mealtimes as well so um, it's nice that we can um, offer that as a team yeah oh loving loving the update and the and the head count like many, many businesses, you've had really good, steady kind of growth. Mm. But what were your motivations? Why did you launch into this adventure all those years ago? Oh, good question. Um, oddly enough, I think I've just always wanted to have a like my own business. Um, dad, I've grown up, dad has his own business. So I've always seen my mm. parents being small business owners. Um, and I just always thought it sounded interesting to be able to build something like that. Um, then the stars all just sort of aligned when it came time where I was thinking about going into private practice. I don't think that I was intending on doing it as a full-time gig to start with. I thought it would just be a um, little side project that I did. Yeah. Um, and it escalated very swiftly. <laughs> So, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it was definitely a going always, yeah, turned full time very, very quickly and um, just grew from there. But mm. what was that, uh, that early phase like? Very tough. Uh, but then it's, it's just such a, it was a completely different business then. Um, it was very exciting, um, a bit of a lonely journey because I was just by myself mm. and didn't really, you know, I'm the admin officer and the speech pathologist, so I didn't get much interaction with, like, any other team. 
yeah, that first phase was really a very steep learning curve because it was things like, you know, oh, we've got to do bookkeeping and how do I deal with handling receipts? Where are my receipts? <laughs> yes, what do I do with them? Um, how do I book clients in? How do I keep track of clinical, well, clinical notes because I didn't have clinical at when I first opened. I was doing handwritten notes into hard copy files um, and that was how I started out. And um, it wasn't long before I realized I'd drive to work every day and see this like sign for this bookkeeper who lived down the street. And so one day I gave her a phone because that was the first one where I was like, nah, this is beyond mm. my scope. I'm going to mess this up and it's just going to lead to fines from the tax office because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so she was the first person that I was um, brought in as an external um, sort of member. Fantastic. Of the team. Great choice. Yes. And is she still with you? She is. Oh, yeah, wow. Cindy, she's amazing. So um, it's been really fun as well because she's seen from the very beginning when it was just me to me now um, with mm-hmm. the team and all the other business challenges. So it, it's been good. Oh, look, a, a good bookkeeper is worth their weight in gold. And when I what I put into the definition of good is that they're good teachers, that they're patient and kind and they can teach. Yes. And no, I've never felt um, like any question is too silly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if you're asking it every month for like 24 months, that is still okay because you're still just getting the hang of it. Yes. She's been very patient with me. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you visit, when did, when did it start? Was it before? It would have been well before the NDIS. It was pre-NDIS. Yeah. Um, it was the days of HCWA and Better Start. So um, I, some family friend knew someone and she was a HCWA person and she actually met with me and was like, we need, like there's not many private speech pathologists in Townsville. Um, we've heard that you're going private. We, you know, you should be registered for HCWA and Better Start. And that was really fortunate because then she was able to help me through that process um, because it was all still an unknown to me. Um, And that really kick-started things actually, Mm. getting that registration because then um, it sort of opened up the number of clients that were um, finding out about me um, when it was just little old me and my single well, office Jess in the car yeah um yeah. and yeah that was I feel like there was a couple of years where it was just the HCWA and better start and then NDIS was this new thing mm. that was coming in so Townsville became an early rollout yep um place for it so I think it came in in 2016 but it's it was like historical much data. smaller yeah. much smaller um numbers then and it was people slowly getting added on. Yeah. So how has the business travelled with NDIS? Um, look, it's been interesting. But it's a G-rated I, show. Just Yes. <laughs> I also can only say that um, from a pure business perspective, um, it has led to significant growth because mm. the client base of people um, accessing private therapy has just grown exponentially. So um, as challenging as the NDIS world is, um, look, it it has led Mm. to significant business growth um, where we've, 
you know, the demand has been there, so we've been able to grow the team. Um, yeah, so it has been a good thing. And it's been nice to be able to see the families be able to access therapy really consistently um, without it causing a financial mm. burden to their family. Yeah. Did you get registered? Yes. Well, back in the day, you only had to be registered for HWA and Better Start and you were automatically qualified for NDIS. Mm-hmm. So that was really easy. Um, then we did a new registration when we changed from being a sole trader to the company yep. in, that was 2018. And then 20, no, nothing happened in 2019. That was just a normal year. But <laughs> 2000 and, <laughs> to 2020 was when we did our, the big NDIS audit. Yeah. Um, and yes, we did the certification audit and that was a very big process, um, but we passed with flying colours. Mm. And I think because we had been, um, we had lots of the things in place anyway, but um, I really saw it as an exercise in making the business stronger anyway, rather than just, I, yeah. I didn't want to just tick the boxes for the sake of having these things. I thought, how can we really reflect on the business? and um, use these tools to be a stronger business yeah how did it how did the audit or the registration process serve that purpose for you Hmm. well it forces you to look over every process procedure and policy that you have with a fine-tooth comb Um, and it exposes any gaps that you have so um, we never had a safety checklist for our home visits audit highlights that that's a need so bam that was something that's a good thing yeah it was it brought about a lot of good Mm. things um we had we're always doing um quality improvement projects and um as a business we really like um always um we think that we can always do better so we're always trying to innovate the way that we're doing things Mm. we had no record of what kind of changes we were doing so like, oh, yeah, we used to do things differently, but now we're doing it like this. So now we have, like, records of that and all of the changes that we're making. And that's a fun document to look over because um, it shows yeah. all of the improvements that we've made. And you go, oh, yeah, can you believe that we used to ever do without this new way that we're doing things? So, yeah, all things, all good things. Yeah, that improvement register is a real pat on the back moment. Even in the space of three or four months, you can sort of think, my gosh, we've changed that and we're using an mm. online form for this and beyond the handwritten client notes yes. and whatever else. It's because you forget, you're always, as a business owner, you're always kind of onto the next thing and the next thing and you're always mm. feeling this sort of tsunami of things you haven't done yet. It's so yeah. easy to forget the achievements, I reckon. Oh, yes, definitely. Because, mm. um, yeah, the to-do list is just always growing and there's, you know, invariably always a bunch of quality improvement projects on my to-do list. But you take them off and kind of, oh, yeah, well, now you're sort of focusing on the next one that's cropped up and you don't even think, oh, yeah, that was really cool that we got that done. Yeah, but, yeah. Hmm. But to be able to turn a, a registration process into a really positive strengthening experience for the business takes a certain mindset, Uh, For many, it's quite onerous and chawsome and, you know, just a a nightmare. And you hear that language just oozing out. What is it about your mindset that's got you where you are are today? Um, Oh, look, 
not going to lie, there were there were many complaints. By were there me. tears? <laughs> <laughs> there were there were definitely some tears. Um, but I think just being realistic. Look, there were parts that I was like, mm, do we really need this? But for the most part, I do actually genuinely agree that there should be an audit procedure Mm. and I think it's really important Um, Mm. and I think that providers should be held to um, standards so I I you know believe in the process and I can see the importance of it Um, the way that it's executed maybe has some room for improvement Um, but I it is a really important thing so I think that was always in the back of my mind that um you know, I, I do agree with the concept of yep. the audit. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, helped. And then also not seeing, you know, knowing that the auditor was genuinely wanting to be on our side and they're not there to just um, pick apart all of your faults. They're there to try and help you yeah. be compliant, which is um, what any good business should be. Yeah, yeah. So this sort of optimism and this energy you bring to your team and your business where where does that come from albeit on a good day you know where does where does the bubble come from oh it's hard to say um I think I'm very aware that the way that we think impacts um Mm. your entire world so if you're um you know, expecting something to be terrible, it probably will be. Yep. Whereas, you know, if you expect the best, um, you're going to at least enjoy the process more. Um, and, yeah, I well, even I think that that's written into our um, business values. So one of our, it was actually just a quote that I've always loved and I, it's just always been plastered over things and then, start of last year we actually went actually this is one of our values let's write it into our values so whatever you believe about a person um will change who they can become and what they can be so um very much all about that you know our attitudes can really shape the lives of others so we're always trying to be really aware of that as clinicians um and even for like the admin team, the way that we interact with, you know, the parents and the whole family, mm. um, but as well, you know, believing that we can do things and having that expectation for growth. Um, I think that's something that I've always felt really strongly about. And now it's actually written into our core values as a business as well. Oh, so good. And does your team believe that now? When was the last time you invested in your non-clinical staff? You know, reputation is everything. And when staff feel under pressure, undervalued or underskilled, service drops, teamwork stops and your business loses money. Contact Lightbulb Training Solutions today for a free customer service analysis so you can create and maintain a remarkable reputation for your business. Lightbulbtraining.com.au The team that we've got is just so great. Um, and we, we talk about the values a lot, Mm. um, but I really think that as the team as a whole, we really, um, we live out the values as well. And just as a culture, we all have that, you know, 
expectation for um, being able to grow and being able to continuously improve. So we wouldn't be able to do it if the whole team didn't have that um, really supportive mindset. Um, you know, of course, everyone has down days, um, but generally I think everyone's quite supportive at being able to um, shape things back around um, and remember, yeah, the, the positive side or um, just that shift in mindset. Gosh, that is just powerful stuff. Kudos to you for engineering in a good way creating a culture that that does that yeah well our value like that one as um well as all of our company values um it i never wanted it to just be something that was written down on a piece of paper or just like some token value thing but it needed to be a tangible part of the business that um it's obvious that we do believe those things um, because of the way that we think, the way that we mm-hmm. act, and yeah, all the decisions that we make as a business also need to adhere to those values. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's just that thread that runs right through from the first moment to the last. Mm. It keeps mm. us in check. Yeah, particularly if you're living and breathing and talking them and bringing them to meetings and bringing them to yourself and to your work and all of mm. that. It's- infused right throughout the the business so if we kind of just perhaps step back to 2020 and the year that that was there was sort of this COVID thing going on Mm. um I think it's kind of a a good thread to draw on from the values how did you and your team and business navigate 2020 um not gonna lie it was a challenging year Mm. um we were and I don't feel like we can complain at all because being in sunny North Queensland, we were fairly sheltered than for what, you know, the lockdowns that Melbourne mm. went through um, and that like Sydney is currently going through. So um, we've been very fortunate that the um, restrictions that happened were not as significant, mm-hmm. um, but we still did go through um, periods of, lockdown and just the real uncertainty um yeah it's all seared into my mind these really surreal memories when it was all just starting and you know the um accountant met with all of his clients to be um you know you've got to be realistic we don't know how long this is going to go for you need to be picking which of your staff um you can lay off because it may come to that in the next few months you don't know how bad this is going to get and you know, me going, well, I, I can't lay off anyone. Everyone is so wonderful that we're just going to have to make this work. Um, so we did um, a pandemic plan. and Indeed. Whilst holding your new newborn baby. Yeah, that was what threw That's relevant. <laughs> that really made to it mention really that. harder. So, um, <laughs> you yeah, only had but, one hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, my daughter, Violet, was not even six months when Mm. the whole COVID thing um, started to unravel. So on top of trying to deal with that, it was also adjusting to life as a new mum, having this little baby at home, um, and also, I guess, being really worried about, you know, we didn't know what COVID was and how um, dangerous Mm. it was for her. So it was a scary time. Um, But, yes, when in doubt, you can plan. 
So we yep, did pandemic plan. <laughs> yes, yep. we made our pandemic plan. Um, and I remember going to the team with it, and I'm thinking like, you know, this is just such a hypothetical document. You know, yes, it gives us some direction, but you know, we just I can't make any promises to them, and I that made me feel really uncomfortable. I remember this one staff meeting. Um, I got a bit teary in front of the team because I just I was fighting so hard to try and make plans and make it work yeah. and we were talking about you know we've got to do our best with um getting upskilled in teletherapy so it's a really viable therapy option how do we educate our clients on teletherapy being a, a viable option um and scary as all of that was the feedback from the team afterwards is that they actually always felt really safe and really secure because mm -hmm. they knew that there was always going to be a plan and if this happened in the outside world with covid Here's what we would do next as a team. And there may be a few tears, but there was a plan. Yes. And, um, yeah, there was a plan. They knew what was happening and they knew what they could do, um, each yeah, member, which was, yeah, yeah, to contribute. So um, it was actually really nice to see the team. Um, everyone was like, you know, right, and everyone jumped onto the teletherapy, um, did amazing upskilling and, yeah, was able to transition many clients to teletherapy. I feel like there wasn't long that we had to do teletherapy only last year. And there was like mostly it was the clients who were unsuitable for teletherapy were able mm. to come in, but those were only a few. Um, and then most was online for a few weeks. However there. long. Yeah. In the time and warp. Some clients had decided that they loved it that much that they wanted to keep doing teletherapy. Yeah, how's that? Uh, it's been really cool. Yeah, it's good. We good. have had, um, so a client who had moved away to Sydney um, phoned last year. We realised now that we actually can still come to you because there's teletherapy. Can we book in again? So we've got, you know, clients from um, all over who are still able to access services, which mm. is um very cool. That's good. That's good. So, so once again, all of your kind of planning and um, and sort of if we pit that up against the audit registration process, it's strengthening. You mm. know, you've gone in with a plan. You've gone in with a this is what how we're going to make it work. Uh, and yeah, everyone's kind of risen to the to the occasion. Yeah, I feel like the pandemic plan is still so much you know no one can really plan for what has happened with COVID yeah it's yeah. just <laughs> but it's nice to know that these are the steps that we would take here's how we communicate it with mm -hmm. clients um but yes it still feels like it's such a um unknown unplanable yeah. unforeseeable thing but yeah yeah mm, as much yeah. as we can yeah we can. Oh. so what do you think you're going to get done in the next sort of 12 months or so Hmm. Um, over the next 12 months. Just high level, just drone view. Yeah, so we are enjoying that um, just about all of our clinic rooms are full. So mm. just strengthening um, that and, yeah, doing some of those kinds of things. Up, so there's some more planned upskilling as a team. Um, we have got a um, senior clinician, um, Samantha, who is stepping, um, really stepping up into this senior clinical role, which is going to be really important for me as I go on maternity leave again later in the year. 
and we're just looking at all of the uh, we're, we're running along quite smoothly, but we keep finding all these like little things that we would like to tweak further. Mm. Um, we'd like to be able to run some really cool group programs again because whenever we've organised really amazing groups, a COVID lockdown has happened and the groups have been, yes, um, groups have been banned. So it'd be really nice um, to have our um, really awesome group programs run over the next 12 months. That would be nice mm, yeah, yeah really important for the kids yeah yeah um and it's nice for the clinicians too because it's just a different kind of program to be delivering mm. anything else oh there's always like things on the to-do list strengthening our website um mm. and updating that we've got another the halfway audit coming up in the next 12 months feels way too soon to be thinking about that but that's only we won't think about that we'll just mm, it's about nine months away so but it's only the halfway one not the full certification again mm. and we've done it all so i think technically speaking it should all speak for itself yeah so feeling pretty good about that yeah Hmm, very nice those things will keep us busy very nice very nice so what is your team doing beautifully right now Hmm. Um, well, the team is always doing so many things um, beautifully. I really appreciated how everyone was super flexible. So just three weeks ago we had a, um, the, it was only a short lockdown in Townsville um, and everyone was just so responsive and flexible. Um, mm. Yeah, there was no complaining from the team. It was, okay, this has happened. Yep, cool. What do we do next? Um, so everyone's shown some really nice flexible thinking, which has been nice. Um, and I've really appreciated how easy that has made my job, um, in these, you know, what is a really challenging time to be making decisions. Yeah. The team is always doing, um, I'm just thinking like clinically at the moment, everyone's been, um, coming to me with, I've just been so impressed with, um, the way that they've been serving their clients and really focusing on doing really functional goals and um, mm. really cool things happening with our clients and just really supporting each other. The team um, is just, it's really nice to see the way that they lean on each other and go and get help from each other without being told to and seeing them um, praising other staff members when they were going, hey, so we could do that. That was really cool. Um and that's really nice to see. Oh, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. That peer-to-peer collegiate professional playfulness, as I like to kind yes. of call it, that they've got each other's backs. Mm. But And asking, you know, oh, do you need a hand? I've got a few minutes free. <sighs> like, that's amazing. So we've got some really um, wonderful team members. Yeah. Oh, I'm really, yeah, that's just the sign of such a good team. Do you measure team happiness? Um, not formally, although mm, we so should. It's not it's an easy one. It's a feature that's on um, Happy HR, right there. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yes, we have Happy HR. Do I know how all of the features work? No. One of but, life's <laughs> mysteries. Yes. Um, technically, I could be measuring that happiness um, mm. as well. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting kind of metric, and you know, it all gets a bit academic about whether 
you measure one person's and or everybody's anyway that's for another Mm. kind of topic but um your team sound very comfortable and very supportive and very at ease in their role and how they all work together that's gorgeous Mm. to hear and because we've got a couple of um, new grads in the team this year and they have just been um I love having new grads because it is just Mm. the steepest um for everybody learning curve that you get to see Mm. And, um, you know, we're halfway through the year, so you've been able to watch this amazing growth with them and they're really finding their feet. But that the whole team has been really supportive to them um, has been really, really nice to see because I would like to think that we're a really um, supportive place for someone who's fresh in their career to be able to grow those skills. So that's a really important thing to me is providing that. And so Mm. it's nice to see you know, I don't have to micromanage every step of the way, but the whole team yep. is um, there to support them. Yeah, fly with them. Yeah. You've mentioned it sort of in several different ways with examples, this idea that um, personal growth and business growth kind of go forward hand in hand. What What are your thoughts on that? Um, yes, definitely. Um, it's something that's been really interesting to me over the years because um, a lot of the time something that I think is a business problem is actually a me problem with my mindset and not being able to um, want to do the solution or come up with it because I've gotten stuck in my way of thinking. Um, And then as soon as, you know, my mindset improves, magically the problems within the business fix themselves. So um, I'm, you know, that's always something to be working on, but I think I'm much more aware of it now. And, um, yeah, if I can feel myself getting frustrated or, you know, into a, you know, negative, I, you know, we can't, we are stuck mindset, I sort of really trying to keep that in check because I know that I'm going to be the um, stopper on the business getting anywhere. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> mm. I, I would anticipate every business owner on the planet with one or two kind of celebrity exceptions perhaps. Yeah, you know, the um, business will only ever be as good as you are and I get stuck That's on it. stuff. Yes. I get stuck on stuff. Yeah. That's why you have coaches and mentors. You know, one of my um, advisors said to me today, blah, 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 and I said, oh, you're so right. Oh gosh, yes. if you go, oh, yeah, just let me think about that. And um, you just need that perspective to prompt the, the thinking work you could sometimes got to do. Absolutely. My experience. Yeah. Because mm, I, you know, I'm still the same person, but I feel like I have changed a lot and grown a lot since having mm. the business. And it's because um, I feel like um, you can't hide things when you've got a business if you don't address it the business you know if you've got (laughs) something that you're um yeah then it it ends up coming out in the business it'll show up somewhere it does um (laughs) somehow the business is this like weird external um manifestation of all of the things that you're yeah you either get stuck with or that you're growing with so Mm. um if you've got um you know for me you know, real fear of confrontation um, or, you know, fear of any kind of conflict, that's going to be really challenging in a business because you're never going to be able to 
um, have the hard conversations or make the hard decisions that you need to. And then you lose a lot of sleep, you know, going, you know, Mm. I'm never going to be able to work through this thing. And then actually you, you know, just need to, um, yeah, address these things. Find a way in. Yeah, find a way in. um, And usually it's not as bad as you've um, imagined it to be. Yeah. So what are some of the key key things that the business has taught you about yourself? Oh, that I, <laughs> um, I'm definitely a lot more resilient than I um, would have thought. It's taught me flexible thinking. Um, it has taught me about being able to let go which is a very mm-hmm. hard thing for me because um, I like everything to be um, just so, mm. but there is no physical way, especially that might work when it's just you working in a business. You can have control over all of the things, um, but then the bigger that it gets, if you still try to keep doing that, um, you end up slowing things down and it doesn't work as well because there's just no physical way that you can keep up doing that. So I've had to learn to, um, you know, let go and recognising that um, just because something's not the way that I exactly would have done it doesn't mean it's a wrong way. It's just a different way. Lots of ways to be right. Yes. Wow. Um, Any other learnings? Flexible thinking. um, Learning to be okay with saying um, no and having boundaries. Um, both personally and as a business as well. Um, so I think I'm much better at setting those and um, enforcing them, whereas I think previously I just would have, you know, tried to adapt to whatever anyone comes to me, you know, oh, would you be able to do, you know, this service and we would like it at this time on this day? Oh, you know, I guess I could make that work. Yep. We'll just stretch and I'll get in and do <laughs> a very extra long day. And like, no, actually, this is um, mm. these are the parameters. This is what we operate in, and that's okay. It's not going to be for everyone um, and other people, but it's okay for us to have our um, professional boundaries, our business boundaries, and for me to have personal boundaries as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is such um, amazing, amazing sharing and um, advice for for listeners. So while you've got the talking stick, what are the last couple of words of wisdom you'd uh, love to kind of leave with uh, our listeners? No, no pressure, no pressure. Words of wisdom. Mm. I think um, one of the other big challenges with having a business and, you know, that I always have to keep reminding myself of is just staying in our own lane and not comparing ourselves to other businesses, Mm -hmm. not comparing myself to other business owners um, because you just never know what another business is actually going through or what another um, person is going through. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the websites and all the advertising, it can look... um, you know, like it's so seamless and you go, but I'm working so hard. Why isn't it that easy for me? Um, Why don't we look like that? Yeah. And, um, you know, just coming to, no, we're, we're comfortable with who we are. I'm comfortable with who I am. And I'm just going to, you know, blinkers on and stay in my lane and not get caught into that um, comparison game. 
And I guess in the context of the Olympics, which Ron is putting in a personal best. Yeah. Um, Because I think it's very easy to get discouraged um, when you fall into that looking up at what everyone else is doing. Um, And then as well, it might um, tempt you to like go off the course that you actually want for your business and to go down other roads just because you think everyone else is doing it. Um, And maybe that's not what is best for you or for um, the business. Yeah. So really staying true to, you know, your values and your business vision. Oh, thank you so much. So we'll have to get you back for a bit of an update and we should probably invite Samuel, maybe even Marie yeah. as well. We could have quite yeah. the uh, quite the panel. So thank you so much. And uh, let's kind of get uh, the next part of the story sometime, perhaps next year. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.